This episode of Proper English is brought to you by American English versus British English and the idiom out of your depth. Hello, I'm Alison. And I'm Dave. And we'd like to welcome you to our podcast, which, as you know, is called Proper, Proper English. English. If you're learning English and you want to know the correct words to describe a hand-operated valve for regulating the flow of a liquid. If you get stuck thinking of the word for a path for pedestrians at the side of a road. If you're puzzled by the difference between a class and a lesson. Then proper English is just the thing for you. Now, I know we started a new feature last week, but... As this whole episode is concerned with the different words Brits and Americans use to describe the same things, it seemed a bit pointless. Essentially, this week's episode is an extended version of What's the Difference? True enough. Anyway, on with the show. It's often said that the United States and the United Kingdom are two countries separated by a common language. Although it's not altogether clear who originally said that... Some say it was the great Irish playwright, George Bernard Shaw. But nobody can find it in any of the stuff he wrote. And he wrote a lot of stuff. Maybe he just said it. Maybe he did, Ali. Maybe he did. Mm. The closest I can find to the quote that people use is a line in a play called The Canterville Ghost, which was written in 1887 by another great Irish writer, Oscar Wilde. We really have everything in common with America nowadays except... Of course, language. Wherever that quote comes from, whoever said it originally, it really doesn't matter, I guess. The interesting thing is that there are differences between English in the UK and English in the US. And these differences come up in conversation with our italki students again and again. For instance, I would say tomato, whereas an American would say tomato. There's a song in there. There is. And back in episode six, we talked about rhotic and non-rhotic pronunciation, that is, saying park rather than park. And also, if you're travelling to work every day, you would usually use the same route. Whereas in American English, you would probably use the same route. I think this might be pronounced differently in America to differentiate between root, as in square root, or the roots of a tree, and root, as in the course taken from a starting point to a destination. And then there are differences in spelling, which can be traced back to the Simplified Spelling Board, which was founded in the States in 1906 to make American English easier to understand, spell and pronounce. Very sensible. For instance... Words ending in our, O-U-R, in British English are generally spelt without the U in American English. Colour, neighbour, flavour, etc. That O-U-R ending comes from Old French, whereas the O-R ending comes originally from Latin, mm. which is where the Old French comes from originally. So you could say that American English is going back to its roots there. Mm. Not routes, obviously, either. Not in this case, no. But there are exceptions. Contour, as in outline. Velour, which is a kind of fabric like velvet, only not as posh. And troubadour, a lovely old-fashioned word meaning a travelling musician in medieval times, all retain the U in American English. I'm sure there are others too. Highly likely. There are other spelling differences as well. In British English, 
words that come from Old French or Latin or Greek like meter, theatre, manoeuvre and mitre. Which is a bishop's hat, in case you didn't know. All end in RE, mm -hmm. where I come from. Whereas in American English, these words... And others, this is by no means a definitive list. All end in ER when you're spelling these things. And again, there are exceptions. Most notably, proper, for instance, <laughs> as in you're listening to proper English, which derives from the Latin proprius, which means one's own or special. Proper nowadays means genuine or actual. So... I guess when we say proper English, we're talking about our own special English. I suppose we are. I like that. Yeah, me too. So, words, different words that we use to describe the same thing in British English and American English. This can often cause confusion. Maybe because a lot of students watch American television. Which they call TV. And we sometimes call telly. And American films. Which they call movies. And whereas we would go to the cinema or the pictures, Americans usually go to the movies. There's no wonder you're all confused. True. And here's another example. In baths and sinks in the UK, the things that you use to fill them with hot or cold water, we call them taps. Whereas in America, they usually call them faucets from the French fossé. I've never heard anyone British use the word faucet, ever. Although... We do have very good friends back in the UK whose surname is Fawcett, mm -hmm. but that's spelt differently. F-A-W-C-E-T-T rather than F-A-U-C-E-T. But I digress. You're good at that. I am. Anyway, other words that cause confusion. In the UK, the path at the side of a road for pedestrians is called a pavement. In the States, it's called a sidewalk. Same thing different words. In the UK we wear trousers but in the US they wear pants. But in the UK pants are what you wear under your trousers and there are variations for those particular undergarments. For instance women usually wear knickers in the UK whereas in the States they wear panties. Ooh, that's one of those words that gives me the creeps. Don't know why. I know what you mean. Anyway American men would wear shorts under their pants. Unlike Superman, who, as you know, wears his shorts over his tights. Actually, they're trunks. What? Superman wears red trunks, like swimming trunks. Shorts specifically made for swimming. Although I suppose in Superman's case, they're more flying trunks, really. OK. Thanks for clarifying that. <laughs> I'm not sure I have, but you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> And speaking of trunks, where would you be likely to do a lot of swimming? Ah. On holiday, that's where. But of course, in America, you would be on vacation. Yeah. Oh, and one more thing, especially for my student Alexandra in Russia. In the UK, when we're learning a subject, we have driving lessons or we take ballet lessons or we go to English lessons. In the US, lessons are usually referred to as classes. We use the word class in an educational context too, but usually when we're referring to a group of students who are taught together. As in, I was the only one in the class who hadn't done the homework. Happened a lot, that. Mm. Incidentally, we've not covered all the differences between British English and American English here, because there are loads, absolutely loads. True. But if there is something in particular that you would like us to explain or talk about, why not email us at 
Proper English. Or one word. At sapo.pt. And we'll include it in a future episode. And now it's time for Idiom of the Week. Idiom of the Week. And we're swimming again. In a swimming pool, there's a shallow end where you can stand up and a deep end where your feet don't touch the bottom. And if you're not a particularly strong swimmer, it's quite scary when you can't touch the bottom of the pool, when you're out of your depth. And so we use out of your depth to describe finding yourself in a situation that is too difficult for you to cope with or understand. For instance, I thought I was good at maths until I took advanced lessons after school and I soon realised I was out of my depth. Mm, Of course, in America, they would call it math. Ah, yeah, no S. And here we are at the end of another episode of Proper English. We hope you've had fun listening in on our conversation. Please tell everyone you know about us. Your friends, your family, anyone who's studying or learning English. And don't forget to like this episode and leave us a nice review and subscribe to us on your favourite podcast app. And of course, you can join us on Instagram or Facebook where you can ask us any questions you might have about English grammar. So until next time, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me too. And thank you for listening to Proper English.